The Chiefs pass rush is getting a lift today in a couple of different ways. Who stands out around the rest of the field and who's getting the love from your favorite QB today on Locked on Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's Locked on Chiefs, your team every day for free all the time. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another Locked On Show for your next one because there's a lot going on around the league, whether it's running backs, quarterbacks, or whoever's going crazy today. You can get information here on Locked On because we're here for you five days a week for every show on every team. That includes us, and you everydayers know that. We very much appreciate you for being here with us. As we go through the next step in what becomes this push to the first preseason game, the defensive pass rush, I kind of hinted at it yesterday. I want to talk about how they're getting to the quarterback. They got a couple of different lifts today out at training camp. But if you want to get more information, make sure you get on the text line. You can text us right now to sign up at 816-357-8781 and get in there. We're going to get to all those topics. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com and RGRfootball.com. A lot of coverage here today, and I'm pretty excited because I've been waiting for this. We know the Chris Jones thing is out there on the the cusp. Uh, They're working on it. We don't know when it's going to happen, and we're all kind of just waiting around. And that's perfectly fine. That's kind of the process at this point in training camp. Hope that that gets resolved pretty soon. But in the meantime, there's no excuse. There's no getting around it. There's no putting it off. You have to get to the quarterback, whether it's this first preseason game that's coming up or whether it's week number one or week number nine or whatever you happen to be into. The key is going to be who's going to provide the pass rush. Eventually, it will be Chris Jones. For right now, the question becomes, who can help them out? In Chris's absence, it's been a lot of Daniel Wise, the KU grad, that has been stepping into that role uh, opposite Derek Nadi on the interior of the defensive front. Now, there's a lot of, of extra things coming. Uh, we're going to talk about Felix Anadike Uzama and Leo Chanel here in the next segment, and later we'll get to the offensive side of the ball. But the big plus today was that you get back someone that I honestly am surprised was able to get back out on the field. I was being uh, cautiously pessimistic and uh, open to later getting him back towards the end of training camp. But we got great news today. Turk Wharton, the interior defensive lineman, number 98 on your programs, is back at camp first day in uh, practice with the rest of the team, not training off on the side, not working with the trainers getting into the action. Uh, now, as I stand, they kept the, the reps limited, and obviously you're trying to pepper him back in, kind of ease him back in. It is uh, definitely something that you want to be cautious with because this whole thing about the pass rush has to come from the front, and that's what I'm excited about. Mo, glad you're back. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> we we want to differentiate ourselves from those folks out in Vegas, right? So appreciate that, and we'll keep it up. Uh, that said, Pass rush has to come in a number of ways. Now they're gonna they're gonna give you all the strange fronts. Uh, I think one of the guys who hasn't been getting enough pub to this point is Charles Amenahue, who you can see come off the edge, you can see come off the interior, and, and I love him in the B gap. I think that's really where he needs to make his his biggest impact, and I think that he will. But that also means that in the meantime, without Chris, he's got to play on the outside edge. Fine. You can rotate guys through. Uh, it's been kind of a quiet camp for Counter Coburn. I do expect him to make some noise as the adjustment gets made later in the preseason. So I'm not really worried about that, but I am worried about if they had to play a ball game tomorrow, who's going to rush from the inside? 
And that's what Turk brings. That is his best attribute. He's super athletic for a defensive tackle, let alone I think he can play outside at edge. And we all know that he can stand up. We've seen him do it. There's a lot there. Uh, he's not a true linebacker like Colin Saunders is. Shout out to Colin. <laughs> I hope that he sees this eventually. But Turk Wharton brings the athleticism that you can rely on to attack the guards and get something done. That's really what we're trying to do is whether it's Chris here, Turk here, whether it's, uh, you know, Coburn coming in, whether it's a menu shifting down, Karloft is coming on the inside, who's starting to pick up some momentum as well. You need to have a front that you can move around. And Turk is definitely going to play a big role in that, so long as he can get fully back. Now, we have to keep an eye on him here through the next few practices because that first week back from a significant knee injury like this is, is tough. And you got to be careful, you got to be cautious, and you got to like layer it in. Okay, you get through that, and that's checkpoint number one, and you can scratch that off the list. After that point, it becomes how much can you ramp up and can you actually get off the ball? The number one thing to watch whenever you see Turk Wharton this preseason in particular, but definitely come the regular season as well, um, is going to be how quickly he comes off the ball because that's been an attribute that he's been very solid, if not uh, above average at, and that's one thing that, Grinding out of that stance is going to be difficult transition for a guy coming off of a knee injury. So let's keep it up and let's hope that he continues to progress because otherwise, without Chris Jones in camp, especially for uh, preseason game number one, we're looking at trying to play a lot of the rookies, trying to get as many bodies in there as you can, uh, trying to put a Menahue in at tackle, which I, I do think they'll use later in the season, and that's perfectly fine. You get that out of the way. But it also puts a stress on that, you're not necessarily getting guys that are at home there. I mean, he's the, the exception. Karloftis, we know, can go inside, but it's, again, not his home. He should be an edge. He should be out there uh, doing what he should do from the, the outside in rather than the inside out. So I hope that Turk can get off the mat and get going. And, and it's at this point in his rehab, it's generally going to be about confidence. Uh, that's why you hear the, the acronym all the time that second year is usually better because you're physically – repaired now to that point it's about being able to trust it and being able to put your confidence and actually accelerate the way that you expect to um that's really going to be the key for him and i, I think once he gets his competitive juices going and he's in amongst the locker room and in amongst the d-line room uh where, where he's able to actually take it from the meeting out to the practice field i think he's going to be better off and they're going to feel better about it overall so that's the first start but there's another plus coming that i think we're starting to see the young guys start to contribute in different ways. And I like the alignment that we saw the last two days, uh, last two practices anyway. And I want to expand on that because uh, it's not necessarily an expectation, but it's a hope that you can get a couple of guys to fill specific roles. We'll talk about Leo Chanel, Felix Andico Zama after the break here. And later, we're going to get to the wide receivers and answer a couple of your questions. If you want a question answered, throw it into the live chat and uh, throw a question mark in front of it. That'll help me find it. But before we get there, I got to tell you about our friends over from FanDuel and LinkedIn and Underdog and everybody. These days, every new potential hire feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain when you're bringing somebody onto your payroll, and that's got to have the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can get in there, write up your description, add your job, and the purple hashtag will come up framing your particular profile, letting everybody know that you're looking for the help that you need. Simple tools like screening questions, as well as any kind of feedback, give you 
and make it easy for you to focus on the candidates that you want with just the right skills and are going to be the fit with the experience that you're looking to prioritize and who you'd like to interview and then hire. It's small businesses that are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus all their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can post that job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Everything comes down to getting after the quarterback. And that's why when Leo Chanel was drafted last season, we had some high hopes because he does have the athleticism to round the corner. He does have the athleticism to come downhill. He functions very well linearly attacking the quarterback. Uh, we saw that at Wisconsin in particular. Um, they used him to mug up the A-gap constantly. He's very effective at it. But I actually like him off of a, a crept up, uh, not all the way at the line of the scrimmage, like two and a half yards deep, I think, gives him a couple of steps of acceleration, and I love that for Leo. And we've we've been toying with the idea uh, all last camp and now uh, for the beginning of this one that could they put Leo at edge and let him be a, a, a true edge rusher? That hasn't materialized. Uh, while he has taken a few snaps with his hand in the dirt, as I understand, what's happened the last couple of practices, uh, if you haven't been out there, is really what I've been kind of pushing for this whole time to get him a different kind of experience. And that is the overhang stand-up OLB type pass rush. You're not heads up on the tackle. That's a five technique. You're not a wide nine like you're going to see You know the, the spread four-man third down type rushes where you've got two yards outside and you're trying to beat the tackle to a spot that is not at the line of scrimmage, but maybe three yards deep and meet him there. And so that's called a wide nine. What really you're trying to do is be in between, be in a two-point stance, give them an idea that, hey, he could be rushing, but he could drop. He's a linebacker. We see him drop all the time. The nice thing about a, a, a six-slash-seven technique is you're wide enough that you can't, you don't have to give away what you're doing to the quarterback. You got to keep them on their toes, right? Keep them guessing at all times. And that's something that Leo Chanel has been very good at. Again, going back to Wisconsin, it was the same kind of game, right? But it was up in the A gap. It was crowding the line of scrimmage. Is he coming or is he going to drop? And he's effective at both. Now we know he's not a turn and cover downfield for 30 yards kind of guy. But he can always drop into a hook. He can take a running back into the flat. And so just because he happens to be in alignment where he's on the line of scrimmage, especially if he's split out, it doesn't give away what he's going to do. And I think, again, because he's such a linear athlete, but he does test well with some cornering ability, I think that's the perfect setup. It's a bit of a change of pace. I wouldn't mind seeing B.J. Thompson do the same thing. We'll talk about him later in camp. But this is a way to get Leo Chanel onto the field that isn't a, a drop or a read and drop type situation. This isn't a hook. This isn't anything that he has to get to a specific space. It allows them to show him if the, the offense reacts, you can back him out. You can do a replacement blitz. You can come from the other side. At a, a seven technique, especially a little bit inside of that, it's nearly as though uh, it's the same angular attack as a nickel corner blitz or a walked up safety blitz. And we know how much Steve Spagnuolo loves those. So the interesting thing for me is it allows you to stay in base, still send a blitz from the same, um, you know, general origination area on the field, which is outside the tight end, but 
not all the way out to a, a slot wide receiver type role. So it's the pressure's coming from the same angles. That's what's key to this defense because it gives you the easiest path to the quarterback if you can accelerate, have a little bit of bend, and just go attack. And that's what Leo's built for. So let's hope that we see more of that in the coming days and specifically in the preseason game. That's what I'm going to be watching for for Leo Chanel. Now, on the opposite would be Felix Andico Ozama. Now, we know he's not the, the right now, as the guy who came out of college, he's not the greatest against the run. He's not going to be playing on early downs. He's going to be, at least at the beginning of the season, an outside specialist, a pass rush specialist. But he is the opposite uh, of what I was just talking about in that I really do believe that hand in the dirt, scaring the left tackle all the way out at the wide nine technique is exactly the bread and butter that FAU needs. Now, we heard Steve Spagnuolo give him a little bit of kudos that he's starting to, to climb, starting to get into the rhythm of it. Um, it does seem that he is taking it pretty personally, that he is taking it as a motivational piece. Uh, if you saw earlier in camp, uh, he, his first appearance with the press was uh, pretty jovial, pretty calm, pretty uh, easy, let's say that. Um, and then, you know, messing around, teasing Wanya Morris as he was doing his presser. Okay, so a lot of, uh, of light expectations. Now, two weeks later, we're talking about a guy that hasn't been repping with the ones enough, especially for a first-round draft pick, and certainly, I'm guessing, for himself. And so that's this is where the, the wall's starting to hit. And so what I want to see next is, can they give him a package? Can they get into the 11s where he's actually rotating in uh, up to the ones at times, but certainly consistently with the twos, where he is aligned wide and he can come off the ball and do his thing to the best of his ability. That's what I'm looking for because that's going to be the turning point that settles him in as a rookie. Same thing that happened with George Karloftis. He had to settle him in and let him play closer in because George is better heads up on a tackle or, or just on the outside shoulder. I think that's good. Uh, George needs a shorter distance to – the, the offensive tackle, or at least the spot that he's going to set up. Whereas FAU needs a deeper attack uh, with Leo being somewhere in between. So it's all about setting the players up to be not only what they're good at, but what they're comfortable at. So they can turn the brain off and just go attack. So that's what I think they have to do a little bit more with FAU. And I do think that that's coming. So the more looks that he gets and the more interesting uh, – I call them jumble packages because they're not really the NASCAR that we're expecting. They're not really a, a true like linebacker double blitz. Like it's a little bit of a mix. You're going to see some safety thrown in there. Those two guys in particular are going to have to get in the replacement rushes and the package type rushes and make some noise. And that's what I'm looking for is their next steps forward as pass rushers. Now, there's plenty of other players that uh, that need to make some noise too, and some that already are. So. After this, we're going to get into who's stepping up out of practice now on the offensive side. And then we're going to answer a question or two from you guys. If you have one, get it in now before I'm back from this little break. We'll get to that coming up next. Okay. So the train is off and running on Justin Ross, and we've seen him make progression through this camp so far. Uh, I don't even call it a hype train now because he's starting to live up to the hype. And so I think you're going to see a lot of uh, Chiefs media types, whether they're bloggers or actual media, uh, start to come around on him making this roster. Um, I'm certainly in that same boat because I've been in prove-it mode and he's been proving it. So that's there. But he's not alone. I think the guy that's still under the radar that, 
that I've talked about most of the offseason. Uh, Dan and I did a, a number of breakdowns on him over on RGR, which you can go get sub to as well uh, as NFL 33 if you want to see some of that. I have a, of a running back commentary coming out on NFL 33 tomorrow, so be prepared for that. I think at the end of the day, because of the offense he played in, I think Richie James has gone under the radar, but we like him and we feel like he can get there. Patrick Mahomes likes him, and he pointed that out today in what I think was a pretty telling way that like he's doing everything he's been asked and he's fitting into the offense. He brings more than I think he was ever asked to bring in New York, and maybe that's because of his current teammate, Kadarius Tony. I don't know. Uh, I can't speak to what the Giants did, but I can speak to what he's doing here. So I think that you're going to see him grow. And I do think that uh, while we have been – media as a whole, but particularly uh, those of us who have been covering this uh, team for a number of years, we have been a little bit uh, cautious on Ross. And I think now we're starting to see both of them rise. And so uh, Richie Ross and Rice, I think, is, is where we're going here in that group. They can still continue to stick out. There are other guys that have to stick out as well. Um, obviously, uh, you're going to get performances from some of the stars. Uh, Legereus is out right now. Uh, with uh, some knee inflammation. We've talked about how well Nazi was playing until his injury. Now Nick Jones had a couple of PBUs today. So that 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 battle that I was ho hoping we were going to see because the team would reap the benefits if Nazi and, and Nick were going head-to-head, -head, it's still continuing. Nick's getting his hands on some passes, and that's a, a great sign. The other big sign is that Trent McDuffie start, finally started to get his, his paws on passes and take them away. Uh, came up with an interception today. That's got to be something that he continues to build on. If if this either the need doesn't come around by preseason uh, end, you could be looking at Trent McDuffie being your number one corner come week one. We hope that Legereus Need is going to be healthy for that, but there's no way to know. And so this kind of, of step forward is important for Trent McDuffie to to be able to to assume that role because somebody's got to take the number one receiver away, and that's going to be I think a bigger concept this season than it has in the past when we saw guys really relegated to sides. I think. Both those guys in Sneed and McDuffie can travel and be comfortable. And that's really what it takes is it takes a pair. You have to be able to flip. And despite that, it's going to be about can Jalen or Joshua or now Nick or who else is going to be in there, can they flip as well? And that will leave them that, that girth of the field that they can do with as they need to. A couple of other notes that we do need to mention. Another good day for Matt Bushman at the tight end spot. Um, we still have Sky Moore doing Sky Moore things, helping out some of the other new receivers. Uh, we do understand that he's giving away some advice. He's checking. He's got the offense down. So that's the other big part that we don't get to hear about because it's it's the mental state of understanding the, the offense. Um, Herring and Kendo coming down with the ones a little bit today. Herring has been inside in rotations. Now he's outside as well. That's a positive step forward because that pass rush, again, has to rely on depth. And those guys are certainly right now, in my opinion, on the outside looking in. But we're going to see how they get there. Uh, next one to fall should be Thompson. Now, I know there's a couple of questions. I'm going to take a look at them here right now and just see if we can get through them in kind of a lightning round. Appreciate you guys being with us uh, live. Always fun to do these. And it lets me do a little bit of Q&A here like I do on the other channel. So let's get into... Handeman's question, I wonder if it makes sense for CJ to just sit out and also uh, keep himself healthy without bringing too much pressure on Mahomes. Beach can then absorb the fines into his contract. Um, there, He can sit out for a while, that's that's for sure. But at some point, with about 10 days, two weeks left before preseason game number one, he's got to be in camp. He's got to be moving. 
and getting his legs underneath him for conditioning and all the other things. Um, I will say this, uh, the new CBA rules, they cannot forgive fines any longer. So any fines that he's racking up and we're approaching about 800 K at this point, uh, for Chris Jones, maybe a touch more than that. Now that I think about it, they cannot forgive that that will come off. And that fine will be assessed. Uh, they used to be able to roll that into the contract and basically just give it back. Now they cannot do that. So he will have to pay that money. Uh, we're going to have to see if that's motivation or not. That should be getting around here pretty soon. Uh, Kevin, hope you're good. Uh, if you had a guess, what position is Prider number one for the Chiefs in next year's draft? I think it's still, right now, going to be the fact that Dominic Smith is, is decent age. Juwan Taylor's obviously a vet, but you need more tackle depth. Wanye is, is great. I still feel like tackle, uh, whether it's depth or uh, like a third, and you think Wanye can take over, or whether it's a true number starter, Donovan's only on one-year contract. So I do feel that that's still the case. They have two young edges, back-to-back uh, -back edges here in Karloftis and FAU. So I, I feel like they're going to let that investment ride out, but they could definitely still be a top 100 pick in the second or third round. I just don't know if it's going to be the first. And here's the thing. Depending on what happens with Jody Fortson and all of this, this group of receivers, you could think that a tight end two is something that you have to draft for again. No offense to Noah Gray. I think he's he's coming on. We'll see how far he can progress. But that could be the direction that they go. Um, Kurt, hope you're well. How do the Chiefs approach this preseason with only three games, but the second in Arizona? I don't know if the field is still that crappy grass. Um, I, as I understand, it is still the, the grass on a pan. Uh, I don't know if it's current state, though. But I, I think that limits and cuts down the number of reps you're going to see the starters out there because of that playing surface. Um, they dealt with it fine last year, but that was a Super Bowl. You, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that again. So, um, I do think that you're going to pepper in some of the lighter guys and we may see like in years past where the third preseason game is really the one that they use for the most evaluation just because of where you're playing. How far apart are the numbers on the extension with Jones? Well, as we understand, uh, you know, when Quinton came in at 24 and change, so the bottom's around 25. He's asking for 30. That's a $5 million per year gap. That's pretty significant. I don't know of any – I have no updates on anything uh, coming together, but I would hope that they're getting down to that 27, 28 range because that's where I think he can get done. And we'll end up with this one. Chief uh, KT, do you think that Mahomes, publicly speaking on Chris Jones, will get the contract done? I don't think so, especially when Patrick kind of equivocates it as, hey, we're just talking about working out. And whatever, we're not talking about his contract situation. So I do think it does bring a little bit more spotlight, but I don't think it's necessarily pressure. So we'll see if that changes or if there's more comments coming, and we will get to that. That's going to wrap it up for our questions today. Thank you guys for bringing them. Thanks for being here with me live. Chris is back next week, but tomorrow I'm going to go over all the happenings in camp, who's standing out, and now how does game prep start to shift, especially for the rookies and even the second-year players? Those are our topics for tomorrow. I hope you'll join me. Make sure you check out another Locked On show for the next viewing or listening that you are about to do. We very much appreciate it. Become an everydayer. You guys need to like, sub, and hit the bell here and on Spotify and on Apple, and that will get you there. And I do want to remind everyone, uh, the text line, Chris is working that thing to death. You get an update every day. He's been diligent. I'm adding some as well. And it's the easiest way to get direct communication from us. So go get signed up if you're interested. It's 816-357-8781. 
to get in on the list right now. That'll take care of it. So you guys have a great afternoon. I'll be back around the same time tomorrow. Look for the notification. Click that bell if you want to get it through the YouTube app. I appreciate you all being here. Have a great evening. Uh, check out our GR and NFL 33 as well, and I'll see you tomorrow.